I truly believe out of all the possible lessons I could give you about trading, this one is perhaps one of the most important. In fact, most other concepts that you learn about in trading will, one way or another, relate back to this topic. It's the topic of probability. This is something we all obviously appreciate as being really important for trading, yet you still find very few people actually trying to understand it deeply. So this may seem a little bit complex and fast paced for some of you at first, especially if you're new to trading, but trust me, it's a lot more simple than you think once you start to get your head around it. So if you do struggle to follow what I'm saying to start with, don't worry, stick with it anyway and then come back to it again at some point in the future and I'm sure by that point you'll pick it up much, much easier. One of the most important attributes for a successful trader is to have an inherent understanding of probability. This doesn't mean that you need to have formally studied probability at university or college or anything like that, although that would obviously help you, but what matters more is that you intuitively understand it in a practical sense. And by the way, this doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who has made money from trading does understand probability. I mean, let's face it, making money from trading doesn't even necessarily mean that that person is a good trader. If there's one thing that probability can show us is that some people can and do slip through the net and make money despite not even knowing what they're doing. They just don't realize that they're trading based on luck. And you see plenty of these people online, but I won't name any names, let's leave them to it. Knowing about probability deeply also won't make you a good trader necessarily, unfortunately, but it will definitely help you significantly. I mean, one of the first things I say about trading to people is that it's a game of probabilities. At that point, most people will nod thoughtfully in agreement, yeah, you're right. However, in reality, it seems not many traders truly comprehend what that actually means. And even if they do comprehend it, they certainly aren't applying it to their actual trading logic. From my experience, most traders interpret probability in trading as simply meaning you open trades based on high probability setups and avoid low probability setups. And of course, no one can deny that statement. Essentially, it's correct. But there is so much more to probability in trading than just that. And so I'm excited to share a bit of that with you today and I really hope we can build on this further so you can start to avoid making some of the mistakes that a lot of other traders are making. I mean, it's quite funny really. A lot of traders see the importance of assigning an expected probability to their trades. Like this setup has a 40% probability, this one has a 65% probability and I definitely advise that you do that as well. However, don't fall into the trap that a lot of people make after that point. Basically, once the trade is complete, their assessment of whether the trade decision was good or bad will rest solely on whether it made money or not. A profitable trade was good and a losing trade was bad. Like that was a bad decision, that was a good decision. But this style of thinking ignores what could have happened and focuses on just two outcomes. That's almost like saying there's a 50% chance of winning the lottery because you can either win or lose. You're just ignoring everything else. Instead, we need to consider all the possible outcomes, both before and after the event, to truly assess whether it was a good trade. 
That means regardless of whether the trade made a profit or a loss. Because yes, that's right, a profitable trade may have been a bad decision and a loss making trade could have actually been a good decision. It happens. But unfortunately, assessing trades in this way plays a lot on the funny quirks that we have as humans. We have all these kinds of biases and strange ways of thinking that we have to battle with. And not only that, but it's also very difficult from a probability point of view as well, since it's impossible in most cases in trading to use objective probability. That means instead of having a definite probability for something, we have to use our initiative a bit and rely on subjective probability. Unfortunately, this aspect of trading can't be learned simply by being taught a system by someone, even if it's supposedly a really high probability system. That's not going to help your probabilities. Instead, your ability to determine subjective probability is something that you'll improve on over time through experience and practice. But there are some areas I want to talk you through which will help you put some things into context to help you on this mission of yours. So let's start with an analogy. This was explained in the book Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb. Imagine a bored billionaire decides to challenge you to a game of Russian roulette. That's where you put a gun to your head and pull the trigger. Since there's only one bullet in the gun, and in this case there are six holes, it means there's a one in six chance of receiving the bullet to your head. If you survive, this billionaire will pay you $10 million. But if you lose, not only do you not get that money, but you obviously die as well. So there's a 1 in 6 chance of dying and a 5 in 6 chance of receiving $10 million and going along on your merry way. If you play the game once, the chance of surviving is relatively high probability. There's an 83% chance of survival since it's 5 in 6 chance of surviving. However, what if you play more games? What if you start at the age of 25 and you play the game once every year? you'll be very unlikely to survive to see the age of 50. The chance of you catching that bullet in your noggin is high probability if you're playing it every year. But instead, imagine that rather than just you playing, there are also thousands of other people playing the same game each year as well. If you all keep playing every year, the chance of you individually seeing the age of 50 is unlikely. However, out of the thousands of people, some of them will survive every game and earn a huge amount of money doing so. So imagine I warned you not to play that game, but you felt pretty confident and you went ahead and you played it anyway. You survive the game and come back to me a week later to complain to me because you're pissed off because I almost cost you the opportunity of earning $10 million if you had listened to my advice. Now, this would be a symptom of something that we call survivorship bias. This basically means you're focusing on the successful outcome of a situation rather than taking a look at the possible failures. You're seeing that you survived and earned $10 million, woohoo, which therefore makes it look like it was a good decision to you. But you're ignoring the people that lost their lives that could have been you. And as the games go on each year, eventually the people that die from this game will outnumber the ones that are still alive. Now, you know, I can't be certain, but I'm sure if they could, they wouldn't be calling that a good decision anymore. Now, this is obviously a hypothetical situation and it may seem unrealistic to you, but unfortunately, it's much closer to the truth than you might think. So let's take a step closer to trading and go through another example. 
I'm going to explain a very typical scam that people have used for decades with trading tips and signal providing services. So the scammer contacts a large group of people. Let's say it's 10,000 individuals. They tell them they're an expert and they're going to give them some signals about when to buy or sell certain assets. However, the scammer has split this group. The group is split 50-50 and half the group gets told to buy gold and half the group gets told to sell gold. Now if gold rises in value, the scammer will ignore the half of the group that lost and focus on that winning half of the group. This group is once again split, two groups. Now there's 2,500 in each of these groups. The scammer tells one of the groups to buy oil and the other group to sell oil. Now if oil goes down in value, one group has now had two good trades in a row, whereas the other group has had one loss. The scammer will focus on the winning group, the one that's had two wins in a row. This process will go on and on until a small group is left which has had a string of impressively profitable trades. At this point, the scammer will request that they fork over a huge amount of money to continue with that service. Without realising these poor people have survivorship bias. On the other hand, the scammer realises that most of the people in this entire process lost at some point. Now, this is obviously survivorship bias without realising that you're part of a process. So it's not quite the same as normal trading because there you're more aware of things. But this is essentially still what a lot of traders are doing with their own trading as well. They judge their success based on the outcome of the trades or someone else's trades without really focusing on what could have happened. Like I said earlier, before we open a trade, a lot of traders will judge the probability of achieving a successful outcome, and that's good to do that. However, after the trade is completed, we need to stick with that line of thinking and also look at the probability again in hindsight. In other words, we can't judge the success of our trade simply by the outcome, but also on what we refer to as alternative histories. These are things that could have happened. In the case of Russian Roulette, if you won the $10 million, you could have been dead. And by the way, looking at alternative histories works for examining losses as well. Because a lot of people will lose a trade and automatically want to understand what it is that they personally did wrong, when they didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Or they'll lose a string of trades and wonder why their system is no longer performing well anymore. However, by judging alternative histories, you may allow yourself to consider that perhaps your system is still high probability, but you just simply hit a losing streak. Even in a high probability system, this can and does happen. The issue with making these judgments is that they are obviously quite complex to do. Not least of all because we have our strange biases that come into play as well, since the same part in our brain that deals with probabilities is also the emotional part which is why behavioural economics is so closely linked with probability. You see some of these biases on a daily basis. For example, what about this really irritating one, the hindsight bias? This is the typical know-it-all syndrome, where someone explains why the event happened after it occurs. And they can sometimes use this to try and confirm why their trade was a good one, even though in lots of cases there was actually no objective basis for predicting that that event was even going to happen. And this is what a lot of trading websites do in their daily reports to explain how the movements or why the movements in the market happened on the previous day. Another big one is confirmation bias. A lot of people do this with their trading. You basically look for information that confirms your thinking rather than looking for things that disprove it. 
Now, this one's an important one, so it's something that we'll discuss another time. But for now, let's go back to survivorship bias to understand how crazy this one can be sometimes. One of my favorite examples of this are people that use a martingale strategy. This is basically where you increase your position size after a loss, therefore increasing your risk to try and make back the money that you lost. If you lose again, you increase again, and so on and so on. And this can go on and on and on until you finally make your money back. Or alternatively, you end up losing all of your money as a result of constantly increasing your position size. It doesn't sound right, does it? It doesn't sound like a good idea. I made a video about Martingale and I said it was a bad idea. Mathematics basically shows why this system is bad. Yet people continue to believe in it. In fact, I've even been called an idiot for being against it. But why is that? Well, firstly, it may be because I am a bit of an idiot. Fair play, I'll hold my hands up to that one. But also, it's a very clear case of survivorship bias. These people haven't yet lost like 10 times in a row or something, so they don't believe it's possible to, even though mathematics shows that it definitely is possible. There are certain calculations you can do. I believe one of them is called the Bernoulli trials. And from this, you can actually see that even with a high probability system, basically anything less than certainty, there's a significant chance of hitting a losing streak eventually. And for Martingale systems, this is obviously bad news because a losing streak will lead to your account being burnt out. However, since the system has worked for them up until now, they have survivorship bias, which makes them think it's an absolutely great approach to trading. Although it's difficult to assess the probability of something happening in trading, since there are so many variables, there are some complex techniques that some traders choose to use, such as, for example, the use of a Monte Carlo simulator. So in very, very basic terms, a Monte Carlo simulator allows you to model risk by calculating different outcomes based on random inputs for the different variables. So this allows you to then see the occasions when certain outcomes occur. Now, if you use this on something like a Martingale strategy or most other high-risk trading or even high-risk instruments like binary options, you'll find that the outcome in the majority of occasions over a long enough time horizon will be a burnt out account with very few actually succeeding over the long term. On the subject of risky trading, I often get asked why I won't actively trade the big economic news releases when there's extreme volatility in the markets. In fact, on one of our old videos about non-farm payroll data, which is obviously a very volatile economic release, there are traders telling me that I'm missing out on big profits by not trading that release. They'll go on to quote their success rate or tell me how they've been making money on this consistently every month for the past 10 months or something like that. But unfortunately, it seems that they're ignorant of the fact that the success rate on its own is really not as important or as impressive as they seem to think it is. Let's say I have a system where my take profit level is one pip away, but my stop loss is 10 pips away. My success rate will be amazing. If I quote people my success rate, which maybe is something like 90%, they might think it sounds great. But this is because a lot of people focus on probability and neglect the importance of consequence. So if 90% of the time I'm earning one pip and 10% of the time I'm losing 10 pips, that means over the long term I am losing money. I am negative one pip from 10 trades. Now this is obviously a very small loss potentially, but in reality there are outcomes that could be much, much worse. Just like in our Russian roulette example where the negative outcome is death. 
So what if you're in a situation where 99% of the time you make $1, but 1% of the time you lose every cent you own? This sounds to me a bit like a martingale strategy, or the people that don't use a stop loss and instead choose to hold a trade with severe drawdown until it finally starts making money. Eventually in either of those situations you will lose and you will lose big. This is assessing the lumpiness of a system, which is something I picked up from someone that assesses algorithmic strategies for a living. To put it in simple terms, the quality of the return is different depending on the lumpiness of the system. It's the same as someone making their money from Russian roulette. Yes, they might have made $10 million, but the quality of that money won't be the same as someone that made $10 million as a lawyer. Of course, you can spend it the same, but the alternative outcomes are much more lumpy and risky for one than the other. And this is why we shouldn't pay too much attention to some traders that want to claim, this is nonsense, I made 10,000 pounds just last week from that exact strategy. We don't want small gains and then potentially huge losses. We also don't really want huge gains and huge losses because both of these situations are lumpy in a way that isn't good for us. Instead, we want a smooth P&L or one that has small gains and losses, but any big movements are actually in our favor. Unfortunately, this is not what most traders have. They're too focused on showing off about their success rate and the ratio of profitable trades against losing trades. They suffer from survivorship bias and fail to see the alternative histories of their lumpy system that results in their complete failure. This reminds me of a comment I once had from someone who claimed that they very rarely lose any trades. They were complaining about my money management policy of never risking more than 1-2% to of my account on each trade. They said that I can't have much faith in my system if I'm only willing to risk that much. Of course then they went on to tell me about their impressive success rate, inevitably focusing on probability and not the outcome, and they failed to see how with the risks that they're taking, how over a long enough timeline they would eventually lose their entire account. In trading, everyone can go on a losing streak. It's best to focus on managing your risk conservatively and accept the probabilities that are at play. Unfortunately, this is another psychological issue as these traders have what's called an illusion of control. Of course, when we trade, we always believe to a certain extent that we know what we're doing. Of course we do, otherwise we wouldn't trade. But we should always be humble enough to understand that it's all based on probabilities and never on absolute certainty. And in fact, studies have shown that the higher the trader's illusion of control, the lower their profit performance. So the best thing you can do with your trading is to be humble enough to realize that you're never going to have full control over what's going to happen in the markets. Instead, focusing on managing your downside is how you will succeed. And that really brings us on to the conclusion of this. With all that being said about probability, it's still something that we need to embrace and use to our advantage. Rather than getting carried away looking at traders who have made a fortune doing certain illogical and risky types of trading, we need to be sensible. So what steps can you take? Well, it's essential to collect data from day one so we can use it for our trading, but remember past data isn't necessarily going to help you with understanding the probability of future events, it's just a good guide for us. We need to use past data along with our own approach for deciding our entries, 
but our risk should always be heavily controlled by the potential outcomes that can happen. So in other words, manage your risk based on the worst outcome rather than getting overconfident. Be sensible and be realistic. Don't fall for survivorship bias if you can help it. Question all of your results, good and bad. And remember the famous quote from one of the most successful investors of all time, Sir John Templeton, the four most expensive words in the English language are this time is different.